What's up, people? Welcome into today's episode. I'm so glad that you are here. Father Anthony Schraub and I had an absolute blast with today's show. Uh, I finally got him back, felt some vindication because I created a game for him to fail at instead of him creating a game for me to fail at. Uh, you got to let us know. It's so much fun. I think you guys are going to get a lot more of the correct answers than Father Anthony did. So truthfully, let us know on social media or in the YouTube comments uh, if you got some of the game answers right. We also have a pretty serious conversation about, um, one, um, some common misconceptions about Catholicism from a Protestant point of view. But also, I ask a burning question that has kind of always bothered me about prayer and Father Anthony gives a great answer. We also give some just kind of random updates, some things that happened on the internet this week that connected with Forte Catholic. So uh, we have a blast. We hope that you guys do too. If you do, please hit that subscribe button wherever you are listening on podcasts. It's available everywhere and on youtube.com slash Forte Catholic. Hit that subscribe button. We thank you guys so much in advance for that. Enjoy today's show. Catholic. I am Taylor Stroll, and that is Father Anthony Scaramucci Sharapa. <laughs> What's up, buddy? Oh, man, I'm doing a lot better than I was a week ago. Yeah, man, I uh, I texted you um, one primary thing. I kept texting you, and you didn't answer me, which made me very worried. So mm. I texted you uh, two, three words. Um, please don't die. <laughs> yes. <laughs> well, I, I listened to your request. I'm, I'm glad you did. I'm really glad you did. You survived the Transformers virus. I did. I did survive it. Yeah. It was. It was. It was pretty bad. I hear. I hear it's not bad for most people. And you were like down for the count. Well, I'm kind of a wimp, so I was down for the count for yeah, like three, four days. It was basically the worst sore throat I ever had. So like every time I swallowed, there was significant pain. Every time I sneezed, I thought I was going to black out because it was everything was so tight in here. And then I just decided to destroy my liver with ibuprofen, and that started helping things out. <laughs> That's and not I what I thought you were going to say. You just destroy your liver up. with other things. <laughs> well, after four days, I still had like five days of quarantine, and so that's when I destroyed my liver with other things because gotcha. I was super bored and stuck in my room. <laughs> yeah. uh, so it was a rough few days, but I uh, got through it and everything, and you know, nice old ladies dropped me off uh, chicken soup, which was delightful. Uh-huh. Uh, the coolest thing, the coolest thing was this was you know day six of quarantine. My pastor was like, hey, do you want me to bring you up some lentil soup? I made some lentil soup. And I said, no, thank you. He's like, okay, do you want a Manhattan? I was like, yes, please. So my pastor made me a Manhattan and brought it to my room. It's so cool. (laughs) He's such a good dude. Uh, So uh, that made me very happy. That's very exciting. I'm, I'm, I'm glad you're alive. I'm glad you're feeling better. Are you back to priestly duties? Yep, yep. Had masses this Sunday. Um, been doing stuff last, you know, bunch of days. So we're, we're back to it. If you were good. good at preaching, it would have been a super spreader event because more people would have been there. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, so <laughs> yeah. Um, like the first time I was just starting to feel a little tickle in my throat, uh, but I didn't think it was anything, but I still wore one of those N95 masks, um, the entire Sunday, uh, like during everything, which was super annoying, but I'm glad I did now. Cause the next day I was like, Oh no, I'm sick. Oh no. <laughs> Well, get, good for you. I'm, I'm glad you're a grown human person that cares about other people as a priest who has laid down his life for the church. Yeah, I hope so. I don't want to 
kill any of these old people before it's their time, you know? Right, for sure. Uh, although, you do get paid well for funerals, so, you know. I do, that's true, but we get plenty already. <laughs> Nature takes its course at, uh, at the right pace. <laughs> Life finds a way. Yes. Uh, so, so does death. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, so, we've got an interesting show today. Um, I'm really, really excited I mean, I'm really excited for the whole show. I'm really excited yes. for the second segment. This first segment, we're going to do some catching up stuff. There's just been a lot of things that have happened that have connected to this show or something that we've talked about recently in some mm-hmm. way, like in an uncanny amount. So we're going to we're yeah. going to we're going to do that, kind of catch up a little bit. The second segment, uh, you have created games for me to play and look stupid uh, here recently yes. on the show. Yes, I have. And I with about 30 minutes to spare before we recorded had literally as like a stroke of, of uh, uh, maybe it was an actual stroke, but a stroke. of genius. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. And uh, we're going to play a game called Catholic mashup that I think you're going to do tremendously bad at. Um, mm-hmm, definitely. Like one of those things where everybody listening is going to be yelling at you and knowing the oh, answer, yeah. yelling at their cars, like you dumb priest. And, uh, uh, and then to follow that up in our final segment, we have um, some new uh, non-Catholic listeners. So I want to go through some questions that they have had and some questions about Catholicism that, frankly, I have had recently. That's fair. Yes. So we're going to do a little bit of both. So that's our show for the day. So uh, just just to kind of touch base on one thing, um, I think I texted this to you like while you were at the beginning of the sickness, but. Mm-hmm. We recorded last time, and you made a joke about Texas, where you were like, "Oh yeah, you're pro- there's probably a cactus in your in your front yard." I'm like, "Dude, I'm not anywhere close to a cactus." And then, so you say, the weekend after, I, I mm-hmm. sent you a certain picture. <laughs> yes, you uh, you obviously went to your backyard where there's many cacti. <laughs> And you took a picture of a tiny cactus, and you were giving me the thumbs up and claiming you were 150 miles away from your house. It was it was really funny. So I, I went back. I thought I said it was 150 miles away. I thought it was like exact. Uh, I yeah. think I said on the show 250 miles away, which was a yeah. little facetious, right? Um, yeah. But like, there's not cactuses like where I live. So you have to drive out into you know. But like the next weekend after we recorded, I led a retreat. <laughs> And I was climbing up this like mountain, you know, small mountain hill, right? Where we did this hike up this up this little mountain, and sure enough, <laughs> surrounded by cacti. <laughs> so I uh, sent you a picture. <laughs> I think it's beautiful that you're on this retreat, you're climbing this mountain, you find this annoying prickly plant, and you're like, "Man, I got to send this to Father Anthony." That's what made you think of me. I'm very touched by that. This annoying prickly pr- plant made me yes. think of someone in particular. Yes, exactly. <laughs> I was touched. Um, two things happened um, in pop culture. People very famous, way more famous than than me, and even more famous than you. Um, yes, it happens. Not not as famous as those two people. People sitting next to you, though. Hello, Mary and Jesus. How yes, are you? yes. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but close. Uh, mm-hmm. So Will Forte, who is an actor, you know Will Forte, right? Yeah. Okay. So I have this thing called uh, what is it called? Google. Google alerts. Alerts. There you go. So like. If Forte Catholic shows up or Taylor Strolls shows up, like usually it's when I go and speaks like a diocesan thing or something. Yeah. They write it out in the paper. It's just nice to see those things. But sure. every now and then, like Will Forte will be in an article about a Catholic school, right? Like Will Forte gives commencement speech at Catholic school. And I, so, <laughs> well, so I get emails about Will Forte like four times a year. You know? <laughs> um Will Forte, so I saw this, and like, one, I love Will Forte, like, I love, I, I watched Sweet Tooth, you know, a few months ago, a show on Netflix he was in, it was just very good, but 
he did something, and I want you to try to make the connection. Uh, okay. So Will Forte hosts SNL for the first time. He was a cast member 12 years ago, and he says that like all of his fellow castmates hosted before him, Kristen Wiig hosted, and then Bill Hader, and then Andy Samberg, and then Fred Armisen, and then Kristen Wiig again, and then Bill <laughs> Hader again, and then Jason Sudeikis. And then John Mulaney, who wasn't even on the cast. He was just a writer when Will Forte was on the show. He hosted four times. <laughs> and Will said, I'm not bitter about it while cackling. Um, so, so what connection do you think that I drew out of this scenario? <laughs> uh, hosting, uh, uh, what would you not be bitter about, but you actually would be bitter about something about hosting? Um, you're not the type of guy who super wants to host like a Steubenville conference. I don't know. Tell me. You really don't see this, huh? No. Uh, favorite co-hosts of Forte. Oh, oh yeah. Father, Father Anthony, Allison <laughs> Sullivan, John Blevins, Liv Harrison, Father Anthony again, John again, yes. Liv again, Allison four times and then mm -hmm. me. <laughs> mm -hmm. That is true. Yes. I thought it was very funny. And he, he ended it. He ended listing off this whole thing. And he goes, but you know what? Tonight is all about me. And at that moment, Kristen Wiig walks behind him, and he doesn't see her, and the crowd erupts with laughter. So he thinks <laughs> everyone is cheering for him. And sure enough, he turns around, and there's Kristen Wiig, and it crushes him. And that's how I feel about the show. I look at the stats, and I'm just like, man, everybody's here for me. And it's just, it's simply not true. Yes. <laughs> But okay, so that that made me laugh about uh, you know something in pop culture connecting to the show with the whole Forte thing and the co-host yeah. thing. Um, I've said before, like the Conan O'Brien, I think he is the funniest man alive. I I, mm -hmm. I think because like there are a lot of comedians that I really love, like John Mulaney is very funny, Kevin Hart's very funny, but Conan, I think one of the things that I uh, Allison has taught me this because it's something that she doesn't appreciate it all she does not appreciate <laughs> or have like respect for or desire to be good off the cuff right yeah but that is like a huge desire of for me something that i've built up something that i always want to be better at something i think i'm pretty good at but like you know want to be better conan is the best at that which is probably yeah. why me taylor thinks that conan is the funniest person in life yeah. um he has been uh hosting a podcast for a few years less than me uh you know but you know, he's number doing a good four job. in the world. Yeah, he's fine. Um, <laughs> he's doing just fine. Well, like three, four years into the show, he does this stick on the show for the first time where he starts giving his co-hosts fake middle names. Yep. <laughs> I've, I've never felt more validated as a funny person in my entire life. <laughs> That's great. That's great. He's obviously listening to the show, getting inspiration from right. Taylor. I, I have I like I know that's not the case, but the fact that he had the same idea that I did, but mm -hmm. years later made me feel really good about myself. Yes, yes. It's good. <laughs> I had it first. <laughs> um okay, another thing that uh, this isn't one this isn't about me. This is about you. Mm. Um you and I are planning for you to make a trip down here next summer. Yes. And yes. while I was looking at the calendar, one of the things that's in my calendar that's like a repeating event every year is Father Anthony's priestly anniversary, right? Oh, yeah. I don't think I have your birthday in there, but I've got your priestly anniversary. Yeah. Because <laughs> uh, I was there. I came to celebrate with you last year. And mm -hmm. I knew that that was oh, yeah. five years, right? That mm -hmm. was your five-year anniversary. So then I, I hadn't thought about it in a while, but while we're planning for next summer, I'm like, oh, that, that obviously means that this year is going to be the sixth year. And then I was like, wait, six years. 
And I went back and looked, and I was like, this show started six years ago. Oh. Uh, so you became a priest. It's what, July, right? July? Yeah. Something like 25th, that? 25th, I think. 25th. Yeah, yeah I, I had 5th in my mind, but that's when... Yeah. That's a different date. That's when I proposed. <laughs> July 5th. Also important, so, I guess. Yeah, yeah. July 25th. And then this show started in September of that same year. So wow. my question for you is, um, <laughs> you've been a priest three months longer than this show has existed. Mm-hmm. Uh, which do you think has accomplished more? Uh, as far as accomplishing more, you know, it's uh, close. It's uh Close uh, in the sense that absolutely, without a doubt, me being a priest has been mo- way more important than this show. Obviously, you know how many confessions I've done? At least ten. Uh, the, you uh, you know how many confessions <laughs> I've done? Going to confession <laughs> isn't a big deal. <laughs> <laughs> no, so here's the thing. Like, I, I mean, uh, but but I will say, you know, for real, is that this show is one of the more ridiculous and delightful things that have come because of my vocation, like. You know, when you think about being a priest, you think about celebrating mass, uh, give, you know, hearing confessions, preaching, all that stuff. All that stuff is great. It's wonderful. But, like, I've been given all these, like, strange little blessings, like meeting Taylor Schroll over the internet because I was a priest on Twitter. And now being a part of the show and being, you know, you're one of my very best friends. And it's like, this is great. So, as far, I mean, for me, as far as fun stuff, this has been a, a, an extravagant blessing from the Lord. I have so many follow-up questions. Um, okay. The first being one that I didn't plan at all, but just a re- something to rebut what you just said. Um, uh-huh. you, you, you are thankful that you met yeah. me on Twitter, and we have had, you know, we have done the show together. You're the yeah. vice president of this organization. We've become friends, mm-hmm. and yet you quit Twitter. So, like, was meeting me where you were like, I can't do this again, or like, I've peaked and I have all that I need. Which which well, reason? <laughs> to see, uh, it, it, none of those reasons. I did it actually just thinking of you. I was doing this for your benefit. That's no, this no, reason no. Why I quit it, no th- there's not a false dichotomy here. It's an actual dichotomy you must choose. <laughs> <laughs> no, 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 because by quitting Twitter, I have made myself a a uh, more scarce. Um, uh, I've created scarcity in the economy. So now, if people want Father Anthony content. They have to tune into your show at least once a month. It so is, that's why I get true. that's why I get the ratings. And I you know, I was like, I'm gonna do this to help out Taylor. I'm gonna I must decrease so Taylor can increase. Uh, and that I, was the reason. And you have lost weight and I have gained it. So it works. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> um the the other thing is like yes, quite obviously. Your priesthood has accomplished more, like in a weekend, than the show yeah, has sure. in six years, right? Uh, you know the, the importance of grace and celebrating the sacrament. Like you know, we always talk about like you could do you could do the grand slam in a day. You can do a, a wedding, a marriage, Eucharist, first communion, funeral. Like you could do all of it in a day, right? Um, yeah. But we did we did bring up Conan and how I started this podcast. And then, and then about halfway through this podcast, Conan started his, and he's one of the top five podcasts at, at all times over the last three to four years. So yeah. who do you think has accomplished more in their field? You as a priest or Conan as a podcaster? Which one has surpassed me more? <laughs> That's good. You know what? I can't say that I'm the Conan O'Brien of my field because you have Father Mike Schmitz, who is like one of the – is so pastoral – has a good sense of humor. Is a great teacher. You've got uh, Bishop Robert Barron. So I, I got to give it to Conan on this. I'm definitely not the top of the uh, ecclesiastical field. N- uh, no chance. I think so, too. And what we've just done is we've actually gone back to the first 
part of this segment. And mm-hmm. now we're listing people in order again. And now it's Conan, and then Father Anthony, and then me. <laughs> I am I am the uh, Taylor Schroll of priests, I think. <laughs> I'm so sorry. <laughs> okay. Um, one final thing for um, in regards to this show. And then we're going to take a break and, and play a game. But I had to get to this because we got some, some feedback on our YouTube channel the other day. Ooh. Right? And... Uh, like sometimes we get feedback like comments from some of our new listeners and like that makes leads to good conversations like we're going to have in our final segment today but sometimes it's um it's like trolls right like there was literally somebody who was named troll mctroll and i was like is this me did i create this (laughs) i couldn't remember uh and and they're just like commenting mean things like anti-catholic things you just delete those and and move on with your life Yeah, yeah, yeah but then i got this one from a person named D.S. Kim. And this was a reply on, on a video. I will cherish your image as beautiful as the starlight in the empty place in my heart. When I, am f- when I am facing your video, somehow the past sadness disappears. My wet eyes that stayed in the neon light like tears that filled the winter dawn sky were moved by your video and fell in love. I fell in love with your video. I can't stop thinking that your video is very good. When I watch your video, you come to me with a little longing, and when I close my eyes, my heart is touched. Your video makes my dewy eyes forget all the worries of the world and my dark eyes. It brightens my heart. Your video under the cold winter sky at dawn is so beautiful and enchanting. No matter how many times I watch it, I want to watch it over and over again. When this morning comes, I am saddened by the memories of the past that have become far more distant than yesterday and my and my tears are flowing, but somewhere your video flashes before my eyes. I like your video so much that I want to keep it without forgetting it. By chance at Winter Window, as the algorithm introduced me, when I opened my YouTube window, the first video I saw was yours. When the sky is overcast and I feel alone among the twigs outside the window, I enjoyed your video and became happy. Your video, the only one in the world, gives me a heart that is struggling to stumble. When I watch your video, everything feels like a dream. It's still going. How did you come up with such a wonderful talent that is the full of this that is full of strange charm in this video? I was amazed at the excellence of your skills and was moved by sincerity <laughs> and your hard work while watching this video. I am looking at your video like a dream. The end. Well, you know, to be honest. I've never gotten a compliment like that for one of my homilies, so... Right? <laughs> Kudos! Right! It made me... This comment made me... Yeah. So, I made me so mad, Anthony. Yeah. Not Why? for the reason that you would think. Okay. This is the best compliment I've ever gotten for anything I've ever produced ever. <laughs> Like, why Why aren't actual listeners, people who actually listen to the show and enjoy the show, this is yeah. obviously just a copy and paste. It is the nicest thing anyone has ever said. This is a comment on, I, th- I believe it was two podcast episodes ago over mm-hmm. on our YouTube channel. And it made me so mad that no one that listens to this show comments. We have a thousand people listening every episode on the podcast no one ever gives it a rating we have a hundred people listening every episode on youtube no one comments or likes it It, why 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 is this the best thing that's happened to our youtube channel why that's a great point um i think part of it is people are afraid to jump into the youtube comments because that's just you know like waiting to start shark infested waters but I think you're worth the risk, Taylor. I think it's you are worth 
one of your faithful listeners just jotting down something nice about the video they watched. And it'd be even funnier if all the compliments were about your co-hosts and not you. <laughs> so that's what I would suggest. So say something nice about the co-hosts in the next few videos, everybody, just to make Taylor even more angry. It would connect this entire segment together with one thread. Very good. Very good. Uh, here's the thing. Um, I, I have uh, gotten this uh, reputation as being mean. People think that I am mean because I am mean to every one of my co-hosts because yeah. that is how I treat my friends. Yes. But if you want me to be nice to you, you know who the people I'm the nicest to? It's not my wife or my kids. It's not my co-hosts. It's people who leave comments on YouTube. I give it a heart. I give it a thumbs up. I respond within seconds because I get no notifications. I can open up my Instagram and I can have like 100 notifications. Not everybody's getting love. If you comment on our YouTube channel, youtube.com slash Forte Catholic, I respond usually within seconds because I'm so excited that it has happened. I read this man's soliloquy to me the moment it was sent. I just want people to be nice to me like I'm nice to people off camera. <laughs> uh, nice. Okay. Well, we're going to yeah. come back and play a game where Father Anthony looks stupid, and then you can comment uh, how great he did in the game in the comments. Yes. <laughs> Don't go anywhere. We'll be right back. <laughs> it's February, my friends, which means that Valentine's Day is quickly approaching. If you are married, uh, you better start buying those gifts now and don't do like I do and buy the gift on February 13th or maybe in 14th or maybe in 15th, depending on the year. If you are single and do not yet have a date, well, start a Catholic Match account. That's what you can do. CatholicMatch.com slash Forte. Nope, that's wrong. ForteCatholic.com slash Match. Sign up today or just, you know, go to your app store. Go to Catholic Match. It's free. Guys, it's, you've heard me talk about it before. This is the month of love. If you have been uh, feeling lonely, one, go to God in prayer. That's always a great place to go. The second place to go is a Catholic match. Find somebody else who is Catholic and looking for a date um, this February. Do it now. Why not? Try to find some love for Valentine's Day. I don't know what accent that was, but it's what came to my head. To make it memorable, maybe? Will you go download it? Is today the day you finally do it? Or re-download it because you did you deleted it a while ago. I've seen some of that on Twitter. Download it today. What could possibly go wrong? Welcome back to Forte Catholic. I am Taylor Stroll. That is Father Anthony Sharapa. I, like I said, have invented a new game. Specifically, oh not specifically for Father Anthony, but specifically in response to him creating games for me where I look stupid. I'll probably <laughs> play this with other people, but you're the guinea pig that we get to poke and prod today. <laughs> great, great. This is gonna be I'm so excited. So this game is going to be called Catholic Mashup, unless mm -hmm. somebody else has a better name for it. That's what I came up with 30 minutes before we hit record. Catholic Sounds Mashup. Good. Because like all of Forte Catholic is about like where pop culture, like where people are, and Catholicism yeah. meet. Where the everyday yeah. person and Catholicism meet, that's where we want to be. So I was like, well, I I started hosting trivia. Some people know that. I started hosting trivia um, here here locally at a local bar, and it's, it's fun. So trivia has been on my mind, and then you played the trivia games with me, and I was like, well, what's one of my favorite trivias that I've ever heard? And it was these mashups of two people where you have to combine their names, right? Um, so, like, you know, Jordan – like, I've heard it with sports. Like, Jordan Love is the backup um, – 
quarterback for Aaron Rodgers. And a, a coach in the NFL was named Lovey Smith. So it'd be like Jordan Love E. Smith. Okay. Jordan yeah. Love, Lovey Smith, Jordan Lovey Smith, right? So I wanted to do a, a um, pop culture and Catholicism version to okay. where one person will be from pop culture and one person will be from Catholicism, whether it be a saint or a famous Catholic now or someone from the Bible or something like that, right? Mashed up with someone from pop culture. And we're going to test your knowledge now. I have Oof. an example of how this works with Catholicism. I gave this example to you to show you. This is the easy one as the and example to teach you how I to do it. That you do not miserably. So here, here's, uh, here was the clue. So the clue, it's, it's like it's going to be one person, right? So like mm-hmm. that would be like Jordan Lovey Smith. So the yeah. clues would have been like the backup quarterback for the Green Bay Packers, who was also a coach for the Chicago Bears, Jordan yeah. Lovey Smith, as one person, right? So Tim Allen Santa Claus is coming back to Netflix. That was in the news this week. But first, he worked on houses on TV and hosted this podcast. That would be Tim the Toolman Taylor Schroll. <laughs> because Tim Allen played Tim the Toolman on Home yes. Improvement, right? Fixed houses on TV before he was Santa Claus. And who hosts this podcast? Taylor Schroll. Tim the Toolman, Taylor, Taylor Schroll. You Got get it. how the game works. I get how it works. Okay. Um, so h- what I think is that everybody's going to know, uh, most people are going to know these. Like, I think most of them are pretty easy. I tried to put some of the easy ones towards, towards the beginning, the first mm-hmm. one or two. Um, the last one is my favorite, and I cannot wait to get to it. <laughs> okay. <laughs> All right. This is... A basketball player who was drafted in the same year as LeBron James, very famously drafted in the same year as LeBron James, and is now a teammate of LeBron James this year at the end of their careers. He's also the clerical co-host of this show. Uh, 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 I don't know any basketball players. Uh but okay, so it, it helps if you get one half. Who's the clerical host of this show? It's me. It's Father Anthony. Okay, so drop I, Father. I assume, your your yes, name is okay, just so it, Anthony. It, there's not somebody named Father. In yes, the, in the and NBA. I assume there's not a Sharafa. I would be aware of that. Yeah. So, um, it, it, so I the clue that I said first was basketball, right? Mm-hmm. And yeah. then you're the second half. So Anthony Sharafa is the end. So it has to be something. Yes. Anthony, right? Oh, why am I only thinking? No, that's not good. Um. I, uh, 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 I, I, I don't know any basketball okay. players. Everybody's yelling. Carmelo Anthony Sharapa. <laughs> oh, this Carmelo is going to be so bad, Anthony This is going to be so bad. That one was a little harder. I think you'll get the yeah. next one. I, if okay. you don't get the next one, you're not getting any of them. <laughs> we have to cancel the segment. It's just yeah. going to be a disaster. No, we won't. We won't cancel oh, it. No. It'll, just, it'll just be vindication for me. Um, Okay. This is a rapper known for one-word exclamations who recently got into an argument with his famous relative about who was better at soccer. Uh, better at soccer? Rapper known for one-word exclamations. Yes. Who recent, is that T-Pain? Who recently got T-Pain. into an argument with his famous relative about who was better at soccer hey pain uh the only soccer player i can think is Airbud in the sequel (laughs) Uh. (laughs) 
Lil Uzi Airbud. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, that's that sounds like a name. Okay. Um, one okay. word. I'm gonna try to help you. I think you can get this. <laughs> oh my gosh. One word exclamations. Who's the rapper known for? One word. Oh, just, that's. Oh, is that Lil John? Yes. 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 Okay. Uh, Lil John, who recently got Travolta. in an argument with his famous uh, <laughs> relative, who was about who was better at soccer. Who's better at soccer? Who I will. I will help you. Who okay. recently got into an argument with his famous brother about who was better at soccer? Uh, little little Elton John. I don't know. I don't know. Okay, I don't no, know. no, no. You've got you've got the pop culture yes. person. Who's the Catholic? Yes. The Catholic has oh, to be the. Oh, it has to be a Catholic. Yeah. Oh, recently oh. got into an argument with his famous brother about okay. who was better at soccer. Okay. Uh, little John. Uh. At soccer. Famous brother. <laughs> Famous brother. His name is John. <laughs> <laughs> like the apostle? The beloved disciple? Little Jeez, John. Anthony, Anthony. John Anthony. Paul II? Anthony, Little what was John. who who was the answer on the last clue? Uh me. Yeah. So do you think it might be somebody else close to us? Oh, is it little John Blevins? <laughs> yes! <laughs> I don't follow his Twitter or anything. I don't know who's better at soccer. I didn't know that was even a thing. Yeah, uh, Ninja said he was better at soccer than his brothers, and it was they're all fighting, and it's very funny. I absolutely <laughs> believe that uh, Ninja's better at John than soccer. No, John like played in college. Did he? <laughs> yeah, I think so. But he's so large. I ran track. That doesn't mean anything. <laughs> it was Man, twelve years weird. ago. <laughs> okay. God, I hope you get one of these. Me too. This might be the only one you have a chance to get if we're going to get oh any of them. No. All right. This is so painful. Remember the rules. Catholic and a pop culture person. Right. Catholic. Yes. Okay. Cool. 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 Priest who recently released a book about Vatican II also married a princess and found the Holy Grail. Um. Priest who recently released a book about Vatican II hmm. also married a princess and found the Holy Grail. Uh, who did a book on Vatican II? Is that the uh, guy you interviewed on the show? Oh, my gosh, Anthony. <laughs> if it's not Father Harrison, because his book wasn't on Vatican II. Yes, it was. <laughs> no, it's on the uh, it's Mysterian, the sacramental uh, worldview. Father Harrison... Arthur <laughs> married a princess and uh, found the Holy Grail in his I mean, most two iconic movie appearances. Oh, oh, because he's a he's a famous person. Uh, uh, Indiana J Father Harrison Indy, uh, famous person married a oh, princess. Oh, Father Harrison Ford. Yeah! Father Harrison Ford. <laughs> I really just wanted to say that Father Harrison married a princess and found the Holy Grail. <laughs> well, yeah. He wrote a book about Vatican II recently. No, that book's coming out later. Uh, he His book he just published is Mysterion, Mysterion, the Catholic sacramental worldview, which has some Vatican II stuff in it, but it's not, you know. Well, is this That's the one Mysterion. that you were supposed, supposed to write a... Uh, review for and you didn't published by that? the Paul Lines. yes I didn't I didn't well I felt really bad when I saw that Luke Carey was published in there I'm like well if he can do it I should have done it I didn't realize that <laughs> yeah. I thought it was like only actually famous people <laughs> <laughs> all right 
you're not going to get this one, but the okay. listeners will. Okay. Okay. If you if you if you needed help getting that one, golly. <laughs> um, one of the most sought out Catholic speakers today wears a habit and played college volleyball. Also directs the Guardians of the Galaxy movies. Oh, uh, it, it, no, it's not James. Uh, oh. One of the most sought-out Catholic speakers wears a habit and played college volleyball. Also mm-hmm. directs the Guardians of the Galaxy movies. What are famous religious people? Uh, now, Benedict Grushel's dead. Um, <laughs> uh, I mean, to be to be fair, de- being dead doesn't rule you out of this game. But it's not Father Benedict Grushel, <laughs> right? 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 right. Um, who? Who? I can't even think of a famous speaker, Catholic speaker who the, it, she is the okay. most sought out Catholic speaker. She wears a habit and she played college volleyball. Oh, oh, oh. Um what's You've name? literally uh, already said the name out loud. <laughs> did I? Yeah, yep. Yeah. <laughs> Almost immediately you said the name that is the connection between the famous person and the Catholic. <laughs> Sister <laughs> You said you said the word James, Anthony. I did. Yes. Yep. What's her is name? James is James Gunn the director. James. Y- y- yes. James yes. Gunn. <laughs> cool. Wow. So, I don't know where that came from. So who's friend. the sister? Okay. Uh, sister Mary. James Very close. Gunn. Sister Miriam James Gunn. Miriam. Okay. Yeah. Yes. She's Sister Miriam James Highland, but she's famously Sister Miriam James. So we have Sister Miriam James Gunn. Whew. Okay, you're very bad at this. <laughs> I, I, I I threw you some easy ones thinking it was going to go better than this, and it has not. <laughs> I am so bad at pop culture, and apparently Catholic pop culture, too. <laughs> this is the hardest one, and okay. my favorite, because it is not only do they share a name, it's like a mashup of their name. So saying it out loud, yeah. it will match up. I'm so proud of this one. Okay. Church leader, known among other things for his stance on helping the poor, who gives away transportation to those they meet. Church leader, known for his stance on helping the poor, among other things, mm-hmm. who gives away transportation to those they often meet. Gives away transportation to those they often meet. The taxi drivers. It was a famous transportation person. Uh, there's so many. Uh, gives brand. away transportation. Gives gi- gives boats. To Who people. famously gives away transportation? Who famously gives away transportation? Oh, okay. Uh, Oprah gave away a lot of cars. Yeah, you get a car. Uh, you get a car. Yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah. Okay. Yeah. Cool, cool, cool. Church um, leader, among other things, known for his stance on helping <laughs> the poor. Uh, helping the poor. There's that's like everybody. That's like every saint. Um, church leader uh, is a, a church. Is this church person currently alive? Yes. Okay. For, uh, for now. <laughs> for now. Okay. Um, uh, oh. Known for his dance. Po- Popra. Uh, um, no. Is it? Wait. Is it? Oprah Francis? You're very Oprah. you're very close. <laughs> you're very close. You have the right person. Now let's match up the names. Pope Francis. What's Bur- his other name? If that Bur- name Bur- doesn't Gogli work. O- 
Yes! Jorge Bergoglio Oprah! (laughs) (laughs) So stupid. I'm so proud of him. Jorge Bergoglio Oprah! (laughs) (laughs) I love that it was giving away to the poor, and she's like, you get a card, you get a card. They work together in this realm. It made me so happy. (laughs) (laughs) That's That's... So dumb. I will tell you, Anthony, that this oh. game was invented backwards from that realization. <laughs> <laughs> that's that's the first in the game. Or, or hey, Bergogli, Oprah. Oh my gosh, we should play a Catholic mashup <laughs> game. And I made up the other ones. <laughs> oh, man. Your brain's weird. You were incredibly bad at this. <laughs> I really was. Holy smokes. Oh, did you have fun? Um, Like, I mean, is like. Getting more of my teeth pulled is fun. Yeah, sure. It doesn't matter if you had fun because <laughs> I had a blast, and I'm pretty sure that I'm pretty sure that almost everyone listening got at least five out of those six and thinks you're an idiot, and that makes me so happy. <laughs> That's fair. That's fair. If they think that. Mm. Well, we'll just blame it on your uh, transformer brain, and we'll be right back to talk about real things that Father Anthony is going to give us real answers for and not look like a dummy. Don't go anywhere. <laughs> Our travel sponsor, Select International Tours, is celebrating their 35th anniversary of taking people across the world on pilgrimages this year. And in honor of their anniversary, they are giving $350 off every single pilgrimage, every single tour for every single person for the next couple of weeks. This promo ends on February 18th. If you've been wanting to, you know, kind of itching to travel, um, you know, because we couldn't do it as much over the last two years, uh, and you want to go on a pilgrimage, why not check it out? At least go check it out. FortiCatholic.com slash tours. $350 off of your final bill if you sign up for a pilgrimage and pay your deposit by February 18th. Do it. FortiCatholic.com slash tours. Welcome back to Forte Catholic, where we destroy Father Anthony's reputation and then attempt to build it back up immediately after. Uh, Father Anthony, we're going to try to make you look real smart this segment. How's that? Okay, cool. All right, so um, this segment has come from a few different places. I've mentioned uh, uh, a couple of them. One, we have uh, a couple of new listeners who are non-Catholic, one of which who is one of our few commenters on YouTube. Thank you for all of the love and support. I appreciate that. She's Protestant, and so she's she's had some questions, you know, like there was there was one like one one of the things that she responded to first was like when you and I were talking about uh, another priest who wrote a book about Vatican II who was like, uh, you know, reading Vatican II is just as important as Scripture. She's like, I'm glad y'all answered the way that you did, otherwise I wouldn't keep listening. (laughs) 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 So she she has had some questions, but I've also had so that's been in my mind, right? Yeah, I also have a question that I've that I've been. It's it's probably the question that has caught me up the most. Like mm-hmm. it's it's kind of holding me back and thinking because mm-hmm. I'm gonna answer that ask you that question. Um, but then also, uh, one of the things that I, I've I've said before on the show, but I go and I, I anytime I do a retreat, like the retreat that I was on, I also did at the youth group. I love doing Q and A sessions, right? Because yeah. a lot of times when people do uh, one, they either don't do Q and A in ministry stuff, and people are sitting there like, "I don't believe in God," and you're talking about prayer. And it's like pr- this talk means nothing to me because right. if I don't think God exists, then why would I pray? <laughs> right? You know, like exactly, so, like yeah. uh, if I don't believe that the church is real, why would I believe your talk on the Eucharist? Like that sort of thing, right? So we have to work through those things. Um, so, 
Um, I was, I, I did those and like, there's a lot of times it, it gets pretty serious at retreats, but there, I did it For recently sure. with a youth group that I'm really comfortable with. It's here in town. I've, I've been working with a lot of these kids on and off. So it kind of became like, it was serious, but there were silly youth ministry moments, right? Yeah. Like somebody was like, why do we have to go tell our sins to a priest? Mm-hmm. So I was, I literally thought about the show and like the people asking questions, but like, and like, I knew I was going to talk to you. So here was, here was my, my, uh, my first joke answer to this question. And I okay. never thought about it before. It came immediately off the cuff. Yes. Uh, shout out to Conan, you know, like yeah. immediately off the cuff. Um, so I was like, Protestants like, be like, I'm an independent Christian who don't need no man between <laughs> me and God. <laughs> Yeah, so, yeah, yeah. so I was really proud of that moment. Mm-hmm. And then I actually answered the question. But um, for those who are maybe converts, who maybe still don't understand this question, or Catholics who are like, I'm not sure why I should go to confession, all these sorts of things. So first of all, questions about priesthood. Um, yeah. w- one, why, why do you exist? Why does the priesthood exist when most other denominations just have you know leaders who get up and talk and give pastoral advice? Why mm-hmm. priests? Why do we have that? Yeah, so uh, I think, first of all, we have to figure out, like, would this be something that God does? And my answer to that is yes. God doesn't need people, but he seems to delight in using them. Like, think about it. God could have teleported all of Israel out of Egypt, but instead he chose Moses. God could have lightning beamed uh, words into everybody's brain, but he chose prophets. Um, Something about God, it seems, that he delights in using his creation and having his creation cooperate with him. Um, that also, you know, there is a history of the priesthood going all the way back to Adam and Eve in a certain sense, that their job in the garden was to receive what God had given them and give it back to God. They were a bridge between the spiritual and the uh, material. And in a sense, human beings are that way as well. We also believe that um, everyone who's baptized in a certain sense is baptized as a priest to sanctify the world. Okay, so why do we need the hierarchical priesthood. Um, It is how, basically it's how Jesus chose to do it. He ordains uh, his apostles. And even if the ordination doesn't seem super explicit, I think we would all agree that the 12 apostles in scripture is pretty evident that they are something set apart, something uh, different than the rest of the disciples. And we know historically that, uh, and also from scripture, that that ministry was considered particular. So uh, in Acts of the Apostles, you have the apostles, um, there's a complaint that the, basically the Greek community, the early Christian Greek community, weren't being cared for the way they should be. And the apostles um, said, well, okay, we'll, we'll have deacons do that job because we have to do the preaching and the teaching and that sort of thing, okay? So it seems like the apostles are different. We also know historically that they were leaders of communities, and we actually have um, writings from the people who were ordained by uh, the apostles, uh, some of the early church fathers, we have their writings, that this was a thing that was very purposefully passed on. So there's a historical record for this. And there's a growth in understanding of what goes on there, for sure. Um, but So we have that historical thing. Basically, God communicates to us in sacramental ways, using the material, using the physical, to help us to see that which is invisible. Um, So that's the role of the priest, that Christ wants a presence. Um, He wants to use human words to reveal something divine. He wants to use a human presence to reveal himself. Um, 
there is a certain closeness. So when we talk about um, confession, for example, any Catholic will tell you um, it's a good thing to confess your sins like in prayer when you're by yourself. That's a good spiritual practice. But every Catholic knows it's different when you have a priest right there. That's God showing us and making us realize that he really is there in that moment. By using the presence of the priest, it becomes a kind of sacrament, a kind of um, mediation, a way for us to actually feel closer to God and to be closer to God. The weird thing about Catholicism is that a lot of times um, people will say, well, can't you go just to Jesus? Why do you need the sacraments? When actually the sacraments bring us closer to Jesus by adding extra steps. It's it's an odd sort of thing, but that's kind of how it works. Um, So... Uh, priests are given, are taken from the people and given to the people. I'm not a priest uh, just for myself. I'm a priest for the people. It's a gift um, to more deeply experience the real, concrete, incarnational love of God. So a lot of people who, uh, whether they're in the church or outside of the church looking in, uh, yeah. have seen, you know, can see priests in a certain light because of some of the some of the bad right. right? So um, a lot of people are like, why... why why did you become a priest? Because a lot of people could say like, oh, people become priests for power. They become priests mm-hmm. for nefarious reasons. Or they become yeah. priests to uh, because they couldn't get a date. Why, I mean, that one's true for you too. But like, why <laughs> Why did you become Ancillary, a priest? Ancillary, not the main reason. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And, like, and, and that's true. I mean, I mean, even among the apostles, you have Judas. So there's always going to be sinfulness uh, in the priesthood. That's just a... 12% of priests, it seems to be a... Or, 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 or one out of 12, I mean. One <laughs> yes, out of 12 yes. seems to be a pretty good, pretty good average. 8% of bad apples. Yes, yeah. exactly. And, you know, if you talk to... I mean, most Catholics um, love and appreciate their parish priests, even if they know they're not perfect. Okay. Um, but why become a priest? The first reason was because I had a conversion, basically, in high school. And God had every good thing in my life came from him. I was in love with him as much as a high schooler could be. And I felt this tug on my gut toward the priesthood. And at the end of the day, I figured if God has given me all of this, then why can't I give him my life back if that's what he if that's what he wants? So it was just at the beginning, that was it. Um, as I went on through seminary and just got to know the people of God more, um, began to understand the priesthood more, you know, People deserve good priests because there are a lot of not so good priests out there. But even if people deserve to have good priests and even though I'm a punk, if God can do anything, he can make me a good priest for these people. And just that thought of being a good father, of being a good priest, I wanted to do that. I wanted to give my life in love in that way. That that's what fulfilled my heart's desire to be able to do that, to be an instrument of God in that way. Yeah. uh, Sign me up. Okay, next question. Um, who was the guy that was drafted right after LeBron James? Uh, James Cameron. Uh, yeah, very good. Very good. <laughs> very good. Um, was it Lola Bunny after him? I don't know if that was. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, uh, okay, so you you actually mentioned uh, something in, in, one, in your I think your first answer about yeah. God choosing the hard way. Um, yeah. 
or about God choosing to use people, which I interpreted as the hard way, right? Like, <laughs> That's because, funny how your brain worked. Yeah, because you were you, like because you were like God could have just teleported everybody out of Egypt, but He wanted to yeah. use Moses. And I, knowing that story, was like Moses was a screwed up. He messed up. It took yeah. all the plagues. A bunch of people had to die uh, mm-hmm. uh, during the plagues. A bunch of people had to die during the you know the Egyptians all died during whenever they were fleeing. Uh, the Israelites had to wander in the desert. Like, why choose the hard way? actually leads really well into my actual question. It is the question that I have asked multiple, uh, not multiple people. I ask people that like, I think can give me a good answer. And to be honest, I've gotten, oh, okay. Like I've gotten, they're probably really good answers, but they have not worked for me. Right. Yeah. Just yeah. like with, I, I don't know if I'm not articulating it well um, or, or, or they're, you know, whatever. Right. I don't know if it's me or them. Uh, it's probably me, but um, there's a, a lot of questions about this, but I was thinking specifically about prayer kind of in a funny way. And then I think I'll yeah. get to the serious way. Um, okay. But like pers- ha- speaking of like God doing things the hard way, we, we talk about the the importance of persistence in prayer and you got to keep praying. And we, we, we hold St. Monica up on this pedestal. She, she prayed for her son um, to, to, to return to faith. He was like the prodigal son, right? You know, return to faith. Return to faith. She followed him all over the world. And I'm just like, why? Why do we have to persist in prayer? He heard us. Like, yeah. um, and it's not like, I'm not talking about the, like, I want to win the lottery. Why hasn't this happened? I'm talking about the real things, the good things, like St. Monica, please, God, have my son turn his life around and come to you. Why Why doesn't he answer those prayers? Why do I have to ask so many times? He is God. He knows, he knows everything. Even before I ask, he knows what I'm going to ask. So why do I have to keep asking? Because it doesn't seem to make sense to me because like a good father, right, which is what God is, you're a good father, a priest. If, if I came, if, imagine if I was persistent in asking you things and how annoying, how annoying it would be, one, on both ends. It yeah. would be annoying for me to have to ask the same things over and over and over again over the course of days, weeks, months, years, right? And it would be so annoying to me for me to ask you and you keep telling me, ask me again later, not now. Ask me again later, not now, which is what this whole persistence in prayer thinks. It's bothered me for a long time. I, 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 don't, I don't get it. Try, yeah. try me. Okay, yeah. Well, I mean, first of all, it's a really good question. Um, so I'll just tell you how I understand it. I think things make a little bit more sense if you remember that prayer is more about relationship than transaction. Why does God ask us? And he says very explicitly in the Bible a bunch of times, keep asking, keep asking, keep asking. Because this is what happens when we keep asking God for something. By spending that time in prayer, we enter into deeper relationship with him and several things happen. Uh, One, sometimes... God is preparing our hearts to receive the gift. So that waiting, that anticipation is a painful thing. It's a stretching of the heart. But it's a stretching of the heart to prepare the heart to receive the good thing that God wants to give that person. Um, In a kind of silly example, it's like uh, surprise cake is delicious. Someone shows up with cake. Oh, great. That's cake. But cake you've been waiting for and thinking Uh, about. Surprise case is gross. I thought surprise cake, like somebody jumping out of it. I don't want cake no. that somebody's okay. body was so, all like, over. A sur- I mean, by surprise cake, like someone's like, here's a piece of cake. Delightful. Nothing wrong with that. Uh, but uh, what I mean uh, is like cake that you've been waiting for, that you've been smelling, that you've been anticipating, 
Um, same thing like when you've been like working out and you're looking forward to a Gatorade at the end. That helps you to appreciate the goodness of the thing. So that's kind of like a silly example to kind of point to what's going on in prayer. So that uh, the, opening the, up. The, the silly, maybe you'll have a serious example because the silly example didn't work for this fat kid because this fat kid doesn't wait. <laughs> Uh, okay. If I see cake, I eat it. If I want Gatorade while working out, I drink it. So right. I'm not good at waiting. That might be a theme of this that entire might, segment. I mean, here. That might be a thing, and that might connect something spiritual. Who knows? Um, okay, so that's that's one aspect. The other aspect is that by entering into prayer, it's our wills that are transformed. That we begin to desire things in the way that God desires things. Uh, this is a, a, a why do Catholics say that every prayer of Mary is answered? Um, and I mean, you'll hear really flowery and sometimes scandalous language about this. If you're not Catholic, it'll throw you off that like Mary almost has like quote unquote power over God. What does it actually mean? Theologically speaking, it means that her will is perfectly united with God's will that she desires exactly what God desires. So when she's asking for something, she's asking for something right in accordance with God's will. Okay. This begins to happen to us the more that we pray, our wills are transformed, our intellect is transformed, so that we desire things in the way that God desires them, okay? So that's another thing that happens with this constant prayer. Another is God wants faithfulness from us. The difficult thing about this is why does God seem so distant? You know, that's a difficult thing in prayer, it's a difficult thing in spiritual life. Even people who have been Christian for a long time experience this from time to time. And... Uh, and that's a kind of a result of the fall. So the sin of Adam and Eve is trying to use God, to trying to use his gifts, to try and control over him. After the fall, God backs away from humanity, not even so much as a punishment, but so that they are unable to fall into that trap of being able to use them. His mysteriousness, his stepping away from us in a certain sense, actually helps us encounter him in a better way. So that when we do encounter him, when we do receive his gifts, we know it's not because of a thing that we did. It's not part of our control. We can meet God more as he actually is so that we can enter into a really loving relationship with him. So the consistency in prayer, the asking again, 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 is helping us discover who God really is in that prayer. That's kind of a, a vague thing because it, it uh, but, um, because it might not seem to answer right away, like, you know, I want this person to be converted. Uh, but it's by entering into prayer over and over again, you begin to understand the love of which God has for this person, the patience that God has for this person. Also, God has this crazy respect for our free will. So praying for another person, like God's, we, we as Catholics believe that uh, God's grace always comes first, uh, but we are also called to cooperate with that grace. And if someone doesn't want to cooperate with that grace, they don't have to, right? Um, and also trusting that that God's timing, I mean, it's, it's an annoying phrase, but it's different. And it could also be very surprising. I don't think any, uh, we're recording this on the day on the conversion of St. Paul. I don't think any Christian was praying for the conversion of St. Paul. They were probably praying for, God, get this guy away from me. God, you know, let him, like, fall down a cliff. And what did he do? He just brought him closer. <laughs> he brought him closer. You know, he solved the problem in an insane way. Uh, same thing. Like, we want to be delivered from our sins. Like, we want to be free. How did God do that? In an insane way. Through the cross. That not only are we delivered from our sins, we actually become his children. 
So part of the answer will only make sense when we meet God face to face. So that's kind of how I wrestle through all that. Yeah, and I appreciate that it's a wrestling too. Like I can, you know, it it's is. not it's, it's not something that's going to be oh you get you know it's perfectly clear you know. But one of my favorite thing that you said was the the whole Adam and Eve thing in the garden that like not using God right. So that helps with a level a level of my question right. Yeah. The whole like trying to get God to do what you want, which obviously it's His will over ours right. Like that that helps with that part. The thing that I think practically makes it difficult for me one mm-hmm. one is personal so it might have a little bit of selfishness in it the sure. second though is not selfish it's it's ministerial right yeah so i have had people where like you know I, i've heard things that are that are true right that persistence in prayer because of how god ordained things that's a good thing that we need to strive for faithfulness continuing to come back to god even when we don't seem to get our prayers answers right those mm-hmm. are things but my my struggle is personally and in ministry i've seen this happen i have seen people in ministry walk away from god completely because they weren't having their prayers answered and things yeah. were like and i'm not talking about the selfish like that the, no, it's like yeah. the deep level of like i want to feel your presence or i want my kid to feel your presence or i want this person to be healed or like what whatever like real deep yeah heartfelt prayers right and i've seen people walk away from god in doing ministry because and, and like, I, I think from your answer, and I think it's true, it, might, it sounds harsh, but it's probably true, it's because of their lack of faithfulness, right? And the reason yeah. that I can say that, even though it sounds harsh, is because it's the same for me, and I think, honestly, this is why I keep asking this question, is because I, I have been persistent in prayer, and there have been multiple times, multiple times over the course of my life where weeks, days, months have happened where I've been persistent, and nothing seems to happen, it seems to get worse, and what does that drive me to do? It doesn't mm-hmm. drive me to more faithfulness. It drives me to walk away mm-hmm. from prayer. It yeah. makes me think that prayer doesn't work, right? And like I get intellectually because like intellectually, I have had prayers that have been answered. I know that it works intellectually, right? Yeah. But if it doesn't seem to work for three months, six months, it's not driving me closer to God. It's driving me away. And that's why I have this question of like, why is it so hard? Why, why does he make it so hard? I'm asking why. Why can't he just? Why can't he just answer my prayer for once? You know. Yeah. So this isn't an answer, but I think it's the only avenue, or at least the best avenue, to wrestle with this. Um, that experience of God forsakenness. I don't have an answer for it, but that is what Jesus Christ experiences on the cross, when. Jesus, who has been absolutely, perfectly faithful his entire life, so faithful that he's ending up on the cross. He says, oh God, oh God, why have you forsaken me? And some people will brush that away, saying that the psalm he's quoting ends in hope, and it does. But he doesn't quote the hopeful part. He quotes, oh God, oh God, why have you forsaken me? It is Christ crying out to the Father, demanding that the Father be faithful. He's been faithful. He's demanding that the Father be faithful. And ultimately, the Father is faithful, but in a way that for us is utterly unexpected. Christ dies. And goes to hell. (laughs) He he descends to the underworld, okay? That really happens. And for us, it was like, well, the prayer wasn't answered. But it was answered in a way that we could not have possibly foreseen. That God is faithful to, the Father is faithful to the Son in the resurrection. 
And so this is when we enter into deep mystery, when the people walk away, when um, we are praying for a genuinely good thing because we love these people and we feel it in our hearts and it doesn't seem to be answered. I don't have an answer for that, but I do have a place to go. And it's to that moment that in an odd way, even God himself experiences God forsakenness. And it's from that place that we get the grace to move on. And as far as the people walking away, you're right, it is a lack of faithfulness. And I say that with fear and trembling with my own lack of faithfulness at times. Like, that's not an accusation. Um, it's important to remember that God will still be faithful to them. And we don't know the end of their story either. Um, uh, but it's like, the darkness is really dark. Um, and after, you know, for the people all around Jesus, he was dead. Like, Holy Saturday was awkward and scary. And probably very hopeless for everyone except probably Mary. Uh, and even Mary feel, felt the pain, even if she had hope. And she um, still had to watch her kid be crucified. Yeah, exactly, yeah. right? You know, so it's like, if you're experiencing that as a Christian, I guess the one word of comfort I can give is it doesn't mean you're a bad Christian. It means you're entering very deeply into the mystery. <sighs> yeah, <laughs> that's right? A, that's annoying. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it is. But it is. It does help. Thank you for your answer. That was that was that was one of the more helpful answers that I have asked Good. of the three people I have asked. So thanks, mm-hmm. um, guys. If you have questions, whether they're uh, you know like why does Father Anthony a priest? Why do we have priesthood at all? Or you know should I say a Christian does prayer work? You know just send them over to us. <laughs> we'll try to answer them here on the show. You you uh, you did uh you know you did uh, redeem yourself from from the last segment. So I'm proud of you. <laughs> it's my more it's my area of uh, expertise. Was the, yeah. was the third segment? <laughs> well, I tried. I gave you half your area of expertise. <laughs> you did. And okay, all, yeah. all of Who the knows? people were you and Anth- yeah. uh, you and John and yeah. Father Harrison. I mean, come on. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Well. Uh, <laughs> Uh, thanks, Father Anthony. I'll be back next week. See ya! Thank y'all for listening, watching today. We hope that y'all enjoyed it. If you did, please hit that subscribe button. Uh, the second thing that you can do to help us out is share this with a friend. There's a share button wherever you are watching or listening. Hit share. Share it on social media with your followers. Share it with a friend who you think might enjoy today's show. This one in particular, maybe uh, a Protestant person who's interested in Catholicism. Maybe somebody who fell away from Catholicism because of uh, that prayer question that we were talking about. Maybe someone who just wants to see a priest be really bad at a game. Share it with them. It would mean the world to us. You guys are the reason that this show grows, so we thank you so much for that. I will be back next next week. See you soon.